And good evening, hail, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about shit. Tonight, we're joined by a lovely trio of Coast members, and let's go ahead and make our way around the table and see how they're doing tonight, and ask them the all-important question. The main topic for tonight, where did you start with Metal Gear? So let's start off with, uh, from Microbrew Gamers, D. How you doing tonight? Not too shabby. How you doing? I'm doing lovely, sir. So, where did you begin your Metal Gear adventure? Which game did start it all off for you? The original shitty NES version. Oh, man. <laughs> and you still loved it even after that? Uh, the other versions, yes. That one, eh... I've never really liked the uh, original on the NES. Well, I shouldn't say original. It wasn't the original. The NES version I didn't like. Yeah, I do not blame you. We're going to go into uh, tonight all about that NES version. And uh, we're also joined by our lovely host, Mr. Cecil Xavier. Cecil, how are you doing tonight? You're going to die. I'm good. How you feeling, man? (laughs) I'm feeling great. So... Where did you begin with Metal Gear Solid? It was a dark and stormy night. I was sitting there playing on my brother's Nintendo Entertainment Center. He didn't know, for if he knew, he would kill me. And there I was, plugging in that game, Metal Gear. I turned it on. I got past the first guard, past the first dog, and then my brother came bursting in the room and started clipping me around the head and shoulders. And I never touched the game again until years later. But that's literally how it started. I started on the, uh, I was a good old American boy, started on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I played that first. Um, at the time, I didn't think it was that crappy. I actually, I, I thought the, uh, again, at the time, I thought the, the gameplay of it was unique, was different. I was used to up, in po- up until that point in time running into things head on and just just punching him in the face and then i got to that game tried it and i kept dying and then i realized oh hey you're not supposed to punch everything in the face you're supposed to go around them oh oh my what about you blue where did yours start where'd your metal gear saga start well i did not own any of these consoles that the original version came out on even the American version. So I actually began it all on the GameCube with um, the re-released version of Metal Gear Solid. But on GameCube, it was called Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Updated graphics. I think they added maybe a little bit of extra dialogue. But... uh, other than that, uh, it was pretty much the same game as the original PlayStation 1 release. Well, fun piece of trivia about that game specifically. Um, David Hayter, the gentleman who voiced Snake up until the most recent, well, not the most recent game, I guess the most recent game would be Survive, but the most recent Metal Gear Solid series, um, what was it, Phantom Pains? Yeah, Phantom Pains. Uh, David Hayter actually took a pay cut so that all the other original actors could come back for Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was an interesting piece of trivia I found while researching this whole thing. But before we get too deep into this, we got to know, 
what is everybody drinking? So, D, what are you drinking with us tonight, man? I got a little too much sun today, so I am literally just drinking water. I just ate a crap ton of watermelon, ate some ice cream, and I'm downing some water right now. Uh, I know exactly how you feel. I, 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 again, I got way too much friggin' sun yesterday. I spent actually most of the day today in bed, um, like horizontal recovering from being old, I guess, or something. Life made me go outside today. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a whole bunch of water. Well, I, I was hoping to be done a lot sooner, but, uh, I, I didn't have any help with what I was doing. So I ended up doing it all myself and got it done, but whew. This is why you need a garage with AC. You could take the parts in to work on. You know, I wish, but these are concreted into the bloody steps, so they ain't going nowhere. Oh, yes, they can. Let's go get a jackhammer. <laughs> yeah, but then I got to figure out a way to put it back. Yeah, that sounds like the over-extreme version of, uh, let's make this shit a hell of a lot higher than, harder than it needs to be. <laughs> details, details. <laughs> and what are you drinking with us, Blue? Please, for the love of God, tell me you're drinking something. Um, does water count? No, I'm kidding. I got water over here just for the sake of having water. I am actually, ladies and gentlemen, I am enjoying a crisp, cold Sam Adams summer ale. Because, you know, I actually thought about when I saw this pack, I was like, I'm going to have a GNA podcast episode recording coming up soon. Mmm, Blue Moon's on sale. Hmm. <laughs> no, let's get something different. So, um, <laughs> it, this is still considered a wheat ale, but it's a little, it's a little bit stronger than I, I would say a, um, at least it's got a bolder taste than a regular, uh, Blue Moon wheat ale has. Um, it is their summer ale and it's, uh, it's wheat ale and it's got, uh, citrus in it. I think of it as somewhere being an ambiguous citrus is not necessarily orange and it's not necessarily lemon. So it's like somewhere in between kind of like a balanced taste, but it tastes great. I mean, if I've always personally felt like if I started off with this as a beer, I'd probably be like, yeah, I like beer rather than, you know, I think I had a Budweiser or Michelob, not a Michelob Ultra, like back when they made Michelob. Like I have never seen a Michelob in, in, in the store since they came out with Ultra. But like that was my start and tasted really horrible to a 12-year-old. So like I always say that wheat beers are a great place to start because they're smooth, they're easy, they're not very bitter, and then like when you add like citrus flavor to it, it adds a little dimension to it because otherwise they are just a straight wheat beer. I think is somewhat bland. Well, I was gonna say they do have a little bit of sweetness to them, at least in my opinion. Most of the wheat beers I have have that little touch of sweetness in there that the citrus really brings out. Yes, they do, but it's nothing like. Um, what you would get out of a shandy. A shandy is pretty much soda and beer mixed together, and those are really sweet. Actually, that's a funny thing. In England, back when I was like nine years old, um, anybody could walk up to the bar and get a shandy. I, at nine years old, could walk up to the bar and get a shandy. That's like, shandies were, weren't even considered beer. They were just considered a refreshing drink that anybody could order. If a baby could crawl their way up there with a pound note in their hand, they could get a shandy. I believe in some countries you can, if you can stand up and touch the top of the bar, 
like your head goes above it, that you can order. I want to say I learned that from someone from Belize. That would be uh, that would be fantastic. I know in Germany, if you basically if you're tall enough to see over the bar, you could pretty much order a drink. Uh, I just feel bad for any midgets out there. I'm sorry. Uh, they are called vertically challenged human beings. You insensitive prick. I would say also beer challenge too. What was the first beer you drank, D? I honestly don't remember. The first alcohol I've ever had was actually. Um, uh, silver spiced rum, Captain Morgan. Yeah, well, I'm, but, but like, what was the first beer you cognitively remember drinking? Because I mean, everybody's always tried their, you know, sipped out of their parents' liquor cabinet type of thing. But beer is kind of one of those harder things to kind of get a hold of, unless you sneak into the fridge, grab your dad's beer, and walk out. And even if you did, what was the first beer that you grabbed? I'm not sure because my dad decided he wanted to discourage me from drinking beer. Now, since he drinks a ton of it, or used to. Uh, he just gave me uh, a sip of like one of the forty ounces had, and it tasted like ass. <laughs> oh, like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. It had to have been like a Coors forty ounce or some shitty beer like that, and so I stayed away from beer even up to part of my teen years. And I didn't drink my. I think the first beer I decided to drink again had to have been like a Budweiser, like midway through high school. Because even when we started drinking, I uh, and trying it out, it, you know, I went to rum first because. I was like, I know I'm not going to like the beer. The beer tastes like butt. Well, you remember that time that I had those Molson ice in the window on those winter days and I'd have Molson ices stuck in the window through the plastic? Yep. That's actually the first beer I can cognitively remember drinking was a Molson ice. God, it's a miracle we started drinking at all. I know. I know. After, <laughs> after drinking Molson ice, I'm, I'm surprised that like I just didn't go, you know what? Nah, not going to touch alcohol ever again. That's just... No, not worth it. I mean, that could have gone one or two ways. I mean, either either we could have had a sober Cecil, which is mind-boggling, or we could have had one missing half his teeth and uh, talking about NASCAR on the show instead. Yeah, that's, those are two distinct <laughs> possibilities. Man, in an alternate universe. I'm really glad that shortly after that, I, uh, I discovered the good old Budweiser and how drinking 13 of those at 13 would make me drunk. And then I could run backwards the whole mile because I was hungover the next day. You know what I learned about uh, Budweiser? No matter how big your buddy Corey's glass is, it's not the vase. <laughs> you mean the pitcher? <laughs> the pitcher, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Pouring a beer. That's my glass. I thought it was the pitcher. God damn, that was a funny night. And then I poured it back in. Yeah. Yeah, and then friggin' JR, friggin' drinking the creme de menthe in front of the fire, like <laughs> just sitting there unloading, just puking his guts out right in front of the fire. And then somebody sits there and goes, don't puke in front of the fire. So he gets up, charges over to the bushes and starts saving in the bushes. <laughs> then he comes back, I'm good. Oh, God, Man. who gave us a ride home that night? Because somebody gave you and I a ride home. Not not like a ride home, like a like a sexual ride home. I meant like a physical drive home. No, no, no. I, I, I remember because you and um, Lex were in the back. I think it was Carrie Buck. I think you're right. I think it was Carrie Buck. I think you're absolutely right. How do I remember that? I mean, I have so much brain damage with I'm missing other things. How do I remember some silly detail like that? I don't know. Well, we're gonna we're about to tap those brain cells to uh, to figure out our our next topic here or our our main topic here, which was Metal Gear and not whoa, Metal whoa, Gear whoa, Solid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or what? Talking about brain cells and me, you use plural. I've got the one guy left 
where, where is everybody? Like from the Twilight Zones. Oh God! So I can finally read. So Metal Gear started off as Hideo Kojima's um, brainchild on the MSX. I think it was MSX. Was it MSX or MSX Two? MSX two. The microcomputer. It, the second one. I really thought it was the first MSX microcomputer. He may have started development on it originally on the MSX, but the game released on the MSX too. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I never got to try the MSX, unfortunately. I, I didn't either. However, I did. I would love to. Okay, so everybody knows the regular Nintendo version, right? Yeah. Yes, heard of it. Okay, so... Oh, God, he, uh, Kojima absolutely friggin' hates that that game even exists. Like, he, he puts it as a tarnish on his friggin' reputation. Yep, and he considers it an abomination. I mean, it's, I I don't, it's probably not what actually happened. One of the reviews we listened to it was after the original release on the MSX2. It was like this, this guy who was reviewing Metal Gear as a series was, he did this whole like, acting out thing and like the what he was making fun of was the idea that they actually called up someone and said oh you've got like three months to develop this game um make it different than the original and then on top of that whatever you do don't talk to kojima we do not want him to know about this at all because if he knew about it he would have put the freaking kibosh like 100 percent. they didn't let him know but it wasn't like hey you got um you know, we're going to change a bunch of things. What it really was is that, you know, they decided to, to port it over to the NES, and they found that with the NES technology, it wasn't capable of playing the game as is. So they had to drop a bunch of stuff, like some sprites. They had to dumb it down. They added some. They added some parts to the game that weren't there before, like in the beginning, trying to get in that what that one vehicle, that shitty part where you don't know where the f- you're going. Well, the, you got to sneak onto a vehicle. The one thing that I got to give Kojima is that he 100% is anal retentive when it comes to making his games. Like, if it's not, like, within that bullseye radical, he's not not happy. Like, he just, he won't put, he won't, he won't release it until it's good. I mean, take a look at Metal Gear Solid. Now, not the exact Metal Gear that we're, you know, not not the Nintendo Metal Gear, but take a look at that. Even on the, the poor performance of the PlayStation at the time, cinematically, it was his game. Like, you could tell that was his game. Like, he put heart and soul into that one. I'm about to say, name name a game that he personally worked on and developed on that was crappy. Um, That Penguin game. No, I'm kidding. I never played that. I one. can't. I honestly can't think of one either. So this, I guess, the Metal Gear was definitely a a stand on it because from what it was, is there was a bubble going on where basically quality went down in Nintendo, and there were just stuff was just kind of getting ported out quickly. And it was during the bubble, and they, you know, they did it without really his knowledge. And he went back and looked at it, and went, "Holy, this is an abomination!" Because yeah. you're supposed to have a Metal Gear at the end, and you had a a freaking TV monitor. He's like, "You totally screwed the players. You totally disrespected the players." Yeah, big old because they couldn't support the sprites, so they just basically added a monitor. Yeah, the big old supercomputer, and I mean, yeah. I, I still don't understand how they couldn't have put in something. I don't like, think they could rem- physically fit it. I don't think the Nintendo could, like, the memory limitations on it, I don't think they could physically fit it. That was the issue. But I was wondering, 
I mean, I kind of want to harp on them about it, but, you know, maybe that was the limitations of it. But I kind of want to say, like... Maybe they could have added a mini one. Yeah, like scaled it down. Like a little Mauser. Like little, like, Mausers for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yeah, give it lots of guns. Scale it down. I mean, it didn't move in uh, Metal Gear 1 or 2, I don't believe. I don't think it... Yeah. I don't think it moved in either Kojima's original Metal Gear or the second one. No, you're right. I don't think it did. Just like the hind helicopter, I don't think moved. Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, it hovered. What, the hind in, in, uh, in Metal Gear? Yeah, I think it just kind of like hovered there. And that was about it. But other than that, I mean, like it wasn't like flying around or trying to like, you know, change its position. I think it just literally just was like above the ground and just like shooting at you. At least those were the videos I saw. Don't even remember that. See, the, the MSX version of the game, I've only got a chance to watch. Now, I do have it on my Metal Gear 3 subsistence. But I never actually, like, by the time I got to got around to actually start playing it, something else came out, and I was like, oh, crap, i got to finish this, too. So I, got, I put it by the wayside. Ironically enough, we completely missed State of Games. Well, holy sheep shit. Pump the brakes. Rip. Well, I guess we can always kick into it right now. D, what's your State of Games, man? Well, I've started replaying something I dropped out of boredom a while ago. And it was No Man's Sky. Oh. It was bore. I, I found it boring and eh when, I, when it first came out. After these few, uh, the updates, basically the free updates, mm-hmm. DLC, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they have really fixed it. The tempo's better. The mix of, you know, you know aliens, creatures, everything else, the tempo's a lot better. Um, it might just be me, but the graphics seem a little bit uh, better, too. Uh, so the wife and I was uh, was playing it, especially last night. We really dug into it. We were exploring around. Um, and later this month, they're supposed to actually to finally add real multiplayer to the game. I know. I'm excited. So I think we're all going to be playing that a bit. So that's my state of games. You playing on PS4? Yeah, that's what we were playing on uh, last night. Nice, nice. Well, once it comes out to multiplayer, we're going to have to hang out a little bit on it because I, I have been a huge proponent for that game. I love that game. Even back when it first came out and it was still boring, I still loved that game because it just it scratched that exploration itch that I needed scratched. But now they scratch it a lot better. I found it um, much more pleasant. And even the, the wife likes it. I was like, you know, when it first came out, it, it kind of sucked. And she just kind of looked at me with a sad look like, oh, I'm like, but don't worry. These updates they did have fixed everything. And doing all that, like those that many major updates for free, like not DLC, but actually fixing the game, I think they really earned. They earned their second chance, and then some. I think. I think people should really go out and try it now, especially after this update comes out with with actual multiplayer. Well, I I, I just gotta I gotta be kind of a an a hole here when you say f- when you say fix the game. I don't really think there was anything wrong with the original game. I mean, it was lacking of some content, but. The core mechanics of the game, it's just like Sea of Thieves. The core mechanics of the game are there. And the core mechanics of the game are, in my opinion, super fun. So I don't think that they yeah. fix the game per se. I personally yeah. think that they've enhanced the game. Yeah. I mean, I was taking a look. The core mechanics were good, but like you said, they it lacked. I'm, I'm thinking, what I mean is that they added enough in where now I really like it that much more. I didn't get bored from it like I did 
previously. No, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to take away. And, and you know, if, if your opinion is they fixed the game, that's totally your opinion. I just, you know, being being the a hole that I am, I got to say, you know, I don't know about the whole fixing thing because it's like, I don't know. well, they did fix some major. There were a few nasty bugs in it too. Well, yeah, they did fix a lot of bugs. They did do that. You're right. Ah, so technically, yeah, they fixed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I, I could agree with you on that level. They totally fixed the game. But they, yeah, they added a lot of extra content. And they they fixed the tempo, I think, was the most important, too. Yeah, you know, I actually jumped back into it, and I'm almost considering restarting the game from scratch. That's what I did. Um, just because I think kind of partially into the game right now, I think it almost lacks a little bit. Because I can remember when I first started that game, I spent probably, geez, probably a good hour on the first planet I landed on for no other reason other than to just explore around, search things, and that it really wasn't that hardcore of a planet. It was a little bit of, uh, I think it was a cooler planet, so things were a bit colder, but it wasn't like really extreme cold like on some of the other planets where your uh, your suit doesn't really last all that long. So far, we've been to four different planets. And I spent some time on each, and all of them have been extreme environments, from extreme cold to toxic. But it's been fun. I mean, we've been exploring the heck out of it, you know. Yeah, super fun game. Is that, is that all you've been playing? Pretty much. I mean, that, and of course, like, going to, you know, before bed, some Pokemon, you know, Ultra Moon. But yeah, pretty much, I've been just playing that right now. And Octopath Traveler. That did just come out this week. Please, tell me about it. I got the Wayfarer's Edition. Yeah, I got the full special edition and everything else, so it's it's got a lot of goodies in it. Well, well, tell me about the game. What's it like? Well, basically, you have it's it's a JRPG, and they mix it. It's it's like two D with almost like almost a three D like background, but it mixes really well. They use the uh, retro style graphics, but like the pixel art, but it's better than regular pixel art. And you could choose to start off with you could choose of one of eight different characters' paths to start off in the game. And I actually chose one different from the uh, the guy that you get in the demo, the first demo version. Um, I picked the uh, guy that's a scholar. All right. And uh, so I've started it up there, just trying to solve the mystery of a missing ancient tome. And didn't get too far. I didn't get too far. I've been kind of playing around and leveling up, and been playing more than No Man's Sky, but. The special edition, the Wayfarers, comes with, of course, with the art book, the uh, the CD. It's, it comes with like with a little pop, like a cardboard pop up where you can pop up a whole scene and stick the characters in and everything else. It's actually a nice little thing. I did a good job with it. Very cool. What about you, Blue? What's your state of games this week? Let's see. Um, Pokemon Go. Um, still playing that. I. Uh Leveled up and I got a lot of incubators, so hatching so much better with those 10 kilometer eggs. Um, I played some Ghost Recon Wildlands. I've gotten through all of one net. I think I've taken out his security and I'm working on 100%ing his influence. Basically, I plan on going through and taking out everything before I take out the big kahuna. Um, and then currently I'm actually, oh wait, no, Minecraft. Played that for the first time ever with uh, you and uh, Daymok on during anime night. We found that for, what was it, like four bucks pretty much? Yeah, like three ninety five. Yeah, that was a great deal. Um, I mean. There's a lot to that cheapest, game. 
There is. You can buy a lot of um, uh, DLC and certain item, you know, add-ons, you know, cosmetic stuff. But I think it was $26 on the Microsoft Store. So, this this version is, you know, it's this, I think it's the same bloody thing, but it's just a hell of a lot cheaper, which is great. Um, and then... We, my friends and I played Ghost Recon Wildlands. I already said that. And then right now, actually, I'm currently playing Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain. I uh, think I left off at 50% of the game. And uh, now I'm making my way through the rest of it, trying to refresh my memory as to what, you know, this button does, what that button does. And then trying uh, to get reacquainted. Yeah, because. I got to the point where you've got those missions where it's pretty much replaying the first mission that you did or like the fifth or something. Basically, you take out communications um, between the bases so they can't call in reinforcements. But this time, when you play it, (laughs) you start off with nothing. You're basically going in like you would in uh, Metal Gear, getting inserted with no equipment whatsoever. Choir on sight. Well, actually, that was more like Snake Eater. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't have any any gear in Metal Gear either. Like, if you started off, you're just like, you parachute it in and you go and punch a sleeping guard. Oh, it's all acquire on site? Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's that. So you don't have, like, you have all these upgrades where you call in, like, recon or reinforcements or diversions and all this stuff. And now you're at this point, it's like, yep, you don't get to use any of that shit. It's just like, fuck. I don't even think you have a silencer. That really sucks. Yeah, I gotta get back to that game. I uh, I don't know. Just, just Kiefer Sutherland's voice. Just, it's not Snake. I liked it. I would have liked it had they done it with Snake Eater. Um, just to kind of like differentiate between this is, you know, who this is the the origin of Big Boss, and David Hayter is Solid as Snake. Solid, not but, Solidus. Sorry, Solid Snake. Solidus came much later. Yeah, different guy. Different, yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would have liked it had they done that. The fact that they did it later was like, eh, that's all right. But yeah, I think it was really just because of contract negotiations or they didn't even bother asking him. Anywho. Well, um, what are your state of games, Cecil? You know, my study games has been a weird kind of mix this week. Um, I was playing Minecraft on Anime Night, which uh, unfortunately made me have to go back and rewatch the episodes of of Initial D that we were watching because we totally got into Anime Night and I, I stopped reading the damn subtitles. So I'd look up every now and then and I'd be like, oh yeah, shit, I gotta watch this. And then I'd stop and then all of a sudden I'd get attacked by a creeper and I'd go back to playing Minecraft. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I had to go back and rewatch those. Um, Just be glad that none of the characters are voiced blue by Gilbert Gottfried. You could always have Solid Snake as Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, Unfortunately, I'm drawing a blank on that man. Voice of Iago. How am I not surprised? Oh, God. Yeah. The, the Aflac duck? That would be really bad. Or Goose, or whatever it is. Yeah, that would just kill the whole drama. Oh, yeah. Um, what else have I been playing? Actually, 
I mean, go to my Steam, and I'll tell you, because it's probably the one game that I just installed recently. Oh, I was playing Ark. Uh, played a bunch of Ark. Got an Ark server going in the in the side over here. I have it off right now for, well, noise reasons, because it gets really fucking loud. And I've been playing, jeez, one of my, uh, I'm actually, I'm going to top, I'm going to put this in, uh, in my top, uh, horror games. Uh, Friday the 13th. I've been playing a bunch of that. Not just because it's double weekend, double XP weekend. Well, yeah, mostly because it's double XP weekend, but it was Friday the 13th. So we did a Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. Whoops. There we go. Now I'm taking myself off of mute for some reason. Um, which basically consisted of a bunch of us got together and we played Friday the 13th, the game, on PC. Which I have, I've had Friday the 13th on PlayStation and on my PC. And on PlayStation it looks, it looks good, don't get me wrong. But when I play it on 4K with everything jacked up on my PC, holy crap, now that game makes a difference. Holy crap, just night and day difference. Um, but we played Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. And then we watched the Friday the 13th movies, one and two, back to back. It was a good time. What else have I been playing this week? I think that's been it. I've been working a lot, so. It was pretty much Minecraft, Friday the 13th. I don't even think I got back into Wildlands. I really wanted to, and I just didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I'm pretty lame on State of Games this week. Oh, Pokemon Go. Crap, there we go. Pokemon Go. Round it right out. Well, back to the topic on hand. Metal Gear. Since we've now subliminally messaged Blue Shark into playing a Metal Gear game. Not the correct one, but yes, pretty much. Doesn't matter. We, we used our hoodoo. Um... But yeah, for most Americans, and I say most Americans, uh, because, well, I'm an American, and that's how it works. I say most of us. Most of us, we played the original Metal Gear on Nintendo, which, as we've already discussed, was a complete and utter, like, gut job of the original MSX version of Metal Gear. So, did you guys watch the, the speed run of Metal Gear on NES? I did not, um... But I did see those leaderboards, and that's, yeah, that's fast. I mean, under 30 minutes for, like, the top four, with it being, like, 26-something for, um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, so... Emperor Google. So, to be perfectly honest, and this is me throwing myself under a bus here, and I'm going to lose some geek cred, I never, I actually, to this day, have not finished the Metal Gear on Nintendo. I played it a bunch, then got kicked out by my brother, then played it a bunch more, and then got kicked out by my brother again, and I never got back to it. I never finished it. I did watch other people play to the end, but I never actually finished it myself, so. Well, in researching of this game, somebody posted up a speed run of it, and I said, you know, well, shit, I'm going to watch this because I've never actually seen the completion of this game. Now, granted, the speed run skips all of the story completely, but I actually saw it all the way to the end. And literally, there's... Metal Gear is nowhere to be found except for being mentioned by a couple prisoners. That's it. Like, like that's that's all he is in the game. Yeah, I, I have to say, for a game titled that, it should have been in there. I mean, hell, call it Intruder for crying out loud. The original concept uh, title for the MSX Two version. Yeah. It, and, and you would think that, hey, 
we're going to call this Metal Gear. We're, we're going to have something along the lines of, well, Metal Gear. But they did such, such a gut job. So I went back and I said to myself, Self, have you actually even seen the MSX2 version of Metal Gear? And I went back and I searched for it and I searched for some playthroughs of it. And I realized, holy crap, I have never actually seen the MSX2 versions of Metal Gear. Even though I had it on Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence, I never fired it up and played it. I always said, oh, I'm going to get back to that. I'm totally going to play that. And I never friggin' did. Um, all sorts of things that they cut out from, from making Metal Gear a, a big monitor at the end to uh, they cut out like over half of the transmission chatter back and forth. Like just, okay, so some of the premise of the Metal Gear game, in case you're curious and you're thinking, well, geez, what the hell is this game that these three idiots are talking about? The basic premise of the original Metal Gear was you were Solid Snake, you were thrown into a war zone, and you had to go in and you had to rescue hostages. So it was a super, you know, it had a, it had a great kind of like premise about it. Hey, you're going in, you're going to rescue some hostages, and then whatever. Well, when you get in there and you start rescuing the hostages, you start finding out oh, all this other stuff in the, in the story. And then you have this ability to use a, uh, a radio transmitter, a radio, whatever, whatever the hell they called it. What the hell did they call it in Metal Gear? I'm friggin' blanking on it now. Uh, codec. Codec, thank you. So it really was a cool mechanic, especially for the time, because up, I mean, that's probably the first game I can cognitively remember where they used a mechanic like that instead of you having to go and find NPCs to talk to. So like in Simon's Quest, like that was the other game that I can you know really remember playing around that time. In Simon's Quest, you had to go over and go to the town and find somebody to talk to, to get more information about where to go. And then they told you where to go, and then you went there and you did your thing. Or like Fester's Quest. You know, you, you had to search the houses, find an NPC to talk to. Once you found the NPC to talk to, then you went and you did your stuff. But Metal Gear had a cool mechanic in it where they were just at your fingertips. You know, when you needed to talk to somebody, you pressed up the, the codec button and you called them and you talked to them. And they told you information on where to go and what to do. So if you got lost... You didn't have to backtrack all the way to that town and go, crap, what did that old woman tell me? You just hit the button, you talk to that person again, and they say, hey, idiot, I, I, said, I said to go that way. Now, granted, you didn't quite get that kind of, um, that kind of help. Uh, Kojima was, was very cryptic in his, in his messaging anyways. You know, he didn't, uh, he didn't exactly, wasn't exactly forthcoming with a lot of information. No, he wasn't. And then he even was too cryptic like the fact that uh one of the rankings just leveling up systems was you had to rescue hostages if you did not rescue a hostage if you accidentally killed one then your rank would go down but the problem was is that to kill a certain boss required you to have a certain rank so if you killed too many hostages then you were fucked well, luckily, up until that boss, I think, I think all the hostages were in rooms where you could get to them. And unless you accidentally pulled the trigger and smoke them with a rocket, most of them were pretty easy to get to and just rescue. But I think I know which one is. is that the one where you walk in and he's got three hostages around him? Yeah, uh, coward duck. Coward. I want to say his. Yeah, I can't remember if that was his name because they they renamed the bosses in the Nintendo version. Versus the MSX2 version. I do have one question. Now, with 
uh, Kojima, was he really that cryptic or cryptic, or was it poor translation to English? No, I honestly believe that he was that cryptic because a lot of the games at that time were challenging, and they had their. Um, you know, I was they, just wondering if maybe there were some keywords in Japanese that you there would be something they get that we don't that would be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. That'd be a little easier to solve. I don't think so. Because even when you look at the reviews from people who are fluent in Japanese, they all of them agree that Kojima was very cryptic in how he laid out the game and how he, you know, he, he, like for a great for instance, he one of the hostages tell you that you have to be captured, but they don't tell you where to go to be captured. They don't tell you how to go get captured. You just have to know to where to go where to go to get captured. Ah, yeah, and then also. Um you know, certain things, ah, I'm getting these two versions mixed up, so I do apologize, but you, uh, you, they also had that thing where it's like, you had to punch a wall, or you had to punch a, uh, it was not a wall, sorry, it was a door to open it, so instead of using your, um, your key cards, you literally just randomly punched one of these doors, and it, that was the way to open it. Oh, was that the prison cell door? Um, I think it was, I, th- no, no, I think it was to get into where your gear was after you got captured. Man, I even watched the speed playthrough and I think I missed that whole part. That might have actually been in the NES version then. Cause I know there was some, there was some stuff in, in one version that was in the MSX two version. There were some challenges to it, but then also in the NES version, there was a lot of things that were just really just too broken in my opinion. Well, one of the things that I, I, I distinctly remember of playing that game was that you had different key cards, but you had no clue which key card went to which door. Now, normally that's not that big of an issue, but when you're being chased by guards or in the one place that I can remember distinctly, it being a huge pain in the ass, but I think I only had three cards at that point in time, was there's a room where you go into and you have to wear your gas mask. But you can't hold the gas mask and hold the key card simultaneously. So you had to switch off of the gas mask to a key card. And if it was the wrong key card, you'd have to switch to another key card. But you were losing health the whole time you didn't have your mask on. Yeah, that was... Uh, I don't know if that was a memory issue. Because I, I, one of, the, one of the, the other things about this game that I noticed, uh, and it kind of came to epiphany to me when I was doing this research, was you could literally get infinite ammo so you walk into a room there's ammo get it walk out of the room go back into the room get ammo same thing with like alert sequences like you oh fuck i screwed up all the guards are alerted run out the door run back in and it resets so i guess it's like a line it's an extra line of code if players picked up do not respond instead it was when player enters spawn that's how I, you know, uh, kind of a That's how I made of all of my rations, and I always was maxed out on rations. <laughs> I'd leave, go back. Oh, there's another ration. Leave, come back. Oh, there's another ration. No, I'm full on rations. Here we go. Yeah, that, that's a smart play. Hey, any port in a storm, especially in a game like that, which was, I mean, really for the time, it was a brutal game. I mean, it, it was tough to get through because I, so I went into that game the same way I went into most games around that era, which was run head first and brute force my way through everything you can't like even playing the modern metal gears you can't do that if you try to brute force your way through you get wrecked yeah he uh he he made it um 
one of the things that he want he was thinking about doing was originally making it an action based game. Um, but uh, he realized that the amount of uh, memory that you would need to keep spawning like large quantities of soldiers would have um, exceeded the lim- the uh, the capabilities of the MSX2 um, console, even just that console alone. So instead, he's like, huh, do something different. It'll be a military combat game, but it's going to be stealth. So you don't need a large horde of enemies. You just work on uh, trying to uh, avoid detection. And then when you screw up, a certain number of enemies comes in to overwhelm you, but still not enough to exceed the limits of the system. Well, one of the fun parts was that that, I think, was Kojima's, I think, third game at the time. He had one game that was a complete flop. They, they didn't let him make it, or it, it failed miserably. I can't remember. Then he had a s- They didn't let him make it. That was what it was, actually. That's what it was. And then they had the second game come through, which was, a, I, think a, I think, a marginal success. And then when, this, when Metal Gear came along, he actually picked that up from another group. So he wasn't even the original guy who started it. He jumped on as... The f- Sorry, the first game was called Lost World, spelled with an A instead of an O, and it got canceled. And the second game was uh, Green Beret, the one that was success, also known as Russian Attack. There we go. And then the third game was, well, of course, Metal Gear. And when he... I, I can just imagine in my mind, in my mind's eye, I can see how this conversation would go. Kojima's sitting there, hey, I got this idea for a game. You're going to run from everything. You don't actually attack. You don't have to kill anybody, except maybe the bosses. And I can just see the people on the other side of the table going, every game to date is about killing something. And you're going to make a game where you avoid doing all of that? Especially after one failure and being new. Exactly. And having virtually no technical skills. He was pretty much studied economics. And he was a planner at one point. I mean, he, he had some creative skills, but as far as technical, he didn't have any programming skills or any coding skills. So he was already kind of at the... Sh- mm-hmm. Yeah, he just had ideas. It's a shock that this came around at all. Yeah. He, he, had, he had a vision in his head of this is what he wanted to make. This is how he wanted to make it. Well, I mean, it was, uh, it was also what his inspiration was, was Super Mario World. So he had that, like, I want to do this. I want to create something. And then he... Super Mario Brothers. Sorry, Super Mario Brothers. My bad. Wrong, wrong one. Uh, So he had that, and then he also had his love of movies, which he makes plainly evident in in some of his lines. In fact, one of the translations... I think it was, uh, he wanted to, either he didn't, I can't remember if he did or didn't put these in, but they were like android metal-like creatures that he was going to put in there, and the translation was going to be Arnold's, to to throw a direct pun at the Terminator, but they felt that was too direct, so he removed that to avoid the uh, copyright uh, lawsuit. Well, also, there's a a fun little um, Kojima humor piece in here. Since we know that if, if, if you've played any of his games, you know that he likes to break the fourth wall whenever he can. And there's actually a fourth wall break in this one where I think it's the fight with Big Boss. You get a transmission that tells you to turn off the MSX. Now, this is in the MSX version. I, I don't believe it's in the NES version. 
it's right before you all right so you defeat metal gear and then um spoiler alert next is you're gonna fight big boss so right after you defeat metal gear is when he tells you to turn it off which is a is a cool cute little fourth wall break that kojima kind of threw in there (laughs) <laughs> but also a dick move because you you now got so close to beating the game and if you listened <laughs> yeah. you're gonna feel bad about yourself yeah i just turned it off wait a minute why did i just do that it's like um skipping forward quickly to uh metal gear solid do you guys remember the psycho mantis fight yes yeah. dude that that was the best fourth wall break in a video game i have witnessed probably to date Besides Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. Now, see, okay, so, like, that was a psychedelic mindfuck. No, 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 I'm talking the part where basically the, uh, some of the things where your character starts to trip would be, like, disc read errors. You literally went up and get up to basically shut the GameCube off because you think it errored out. Oh, yeah, and then it comes back on. Well, okay, I could agree. That's pretty good. But I st- Until I read up on something, I actually un- uh, turned it off once thinking it was real, really an error and then got really pissed. Oh, dude, it wasn't. I-, I did the same thing in that stupid game and I hated it for it because I hadn't saved in so long. Or it would come yeah. up, you'd, you'd go to load the game and it'd say your save file's corrupted and you're like, what the fuck? Just kidding. No, but, but in, in Metal Gear Solid, the Psycho Mantis fight, he did one of the coolest things that I, I and I, and I'm, I'm pissed off that nobody else, at least not that I, I know of, used this technique. He read your memory card, saw what you played, and then started making, like, not necessarily jokes, but making comments about what you played. And if you played it, like, if you played, um, Symphony of the Night, he would pop in and he'd say, Oh, so I see you'd like to play as Alucard. And he'd go kick it into something like that. And you're like, What the F are you talking about? You. <laughs> You're reading my memory card. That's fan friggin' tastic. Yeah, I uh, that's I had clever. The GameCube version, so I forgot which compatible games would um it, he would read off of it. I don't think I ever had them. But he's like, "Hmm, your mind seems to be blank," and I'm just like, "Okay, cool I story." Thoughts. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I had to do the whole like you know like plug unplug the controller, plug it into the other port to to beat him. And I was like. What the hell is that all about? And I, I, I think I may have had a portion of the guide either from a Nintendo. I think I either had the guide or I had like a portion article from Nintendo Power. That's right, kids, a magazine where you learn game strategies. Um, mentioned, yeah, he'll uh, if you've played certain games, you'll get references to those game, those playing those games from Psycho Mantis. I was like, oh man, that's really cool. Yeah, the first time I went through and fought Psycho Mantis, I was thinking to myself, like, he's like, I'm going to read your mind. I'm like, all right, this seems like a weird scene to see, but okay. And then he then he popped in something, because literally, I had just been playing Symphony of the Night, and then all of a sudden, he starts kicking in, ah, so you know Alucard, and it seems that you are very, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And then it did the whole hideo instead of video thing, where the screen goes blank, and you had to switch the controllers, and I remember my—I remember thinking to myself, "Oh crap, my controller's not working! Oh shit! Oh shit!" <laughs> and I died multiple times until finally my brother yells in from the other room, "Switch controller ports!" Like motherfucker. Oh, um, uh, there's another one. Uh, Guns of the Patriots. 
the the last one with uh, Solid Snake in it. Uh, he's he's supposedly the ghost of one of the um, battle beasts or whatever they're called. The oh, and Psycho Manus comes back. Yes. Yeah, and he's like he's like place your controller on the ground. I will now make your controller move. Wait, it's not working. Where's the rumble pack? <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have rumble packs at the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I forgot that. Yeah, those that was some good fourth wall breaks that, that Kojima put up. It was done sparingly and tastefully and very cleverly, unlike some that go over above and beyond to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It, and that and that's that's what's great about his humor. It's very it's very, you know, cheeky and, you know, entertaining. And dry it, at times. Oh God, yes. <laughs> some like uh, and it, some of his jokes were just really weird. Like, um, in Metal Gear Solid, um, Twin Snakes or the uh, the remake version of Metal Gear Solid, you would be um, you you'd be with Baker, uh, and you have just completed um killing or, or stay or you know stopping um ocelot from killing you and killing uh arms tech's uh president and you start interrogating him and asking questions and you uh he's like oh yes i have uh um it's like a, you ask him a question like about, i think it's about his key card or something and he goes and he's about to tell you and then all of a sudden his mind does something weird and he's like oh sorry i forgot and then snake just goes God damn it, he's just like ripping his head around and he's just like overreacting and then he like points the gun at the guy and he's like, I'm sorry and then he just like lowers the gun and he, I thought it was so weird when I first saw it, I was like, holy fuck, I mean, Jesus Christ, that's a little psycho but then looking back on it, I was like, okay, so the guy was trying to be a little funny about, you know, Snake's overreaction to something like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the... That was the- and in the original Metal Gear, I say the original Metal Gear, not the MSX version, really the only kind of time you really got to touch into that Kojima humor was that one spot at the end where he says, hey, why don't you shut your machine off now? And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> all right. So we all know about the abomination that turned into the Nintendo Entertainment System's Metal Gear, where Metal Gear actually isn't in it whatsoever. So, what about the sequel? Snake's Revenge? Yes. Yes, Snake's Revenge. (laughs) Now, this is from that bubble that we were discussing earlier. At the time, there was a bubble where people bought anything. Anything would sell. But then again, you only went by cover art. You didn't have all the reviews and stuff you do now online. So, you kind of was like... Exactly. Exactly. A barrel of monkeys there. Everybody bought up everything. I can remember distinctly playing the Rambo game on Nintendo. And when I first got it, we popped it in. We were watching. It was one of those, uh, what are the, one of those things like the, the, the QVC channels? It was like one of those. And they had Rambo and another game on there. I think it was Top Gun. And you could get both of them for whatever it was, like 60 bucks or something like that. So my, my father, oh, hey, you know what? We're going to get these for him. Because we came in, looked at it, and said, oh, those look cool. Because we saw the cover art. Now, yep. Top Gun was okay. Uh, days. Yeah, Top Gun wasn't bad. Rambo was okay. 
I never played that one. I also did not play Snake's Revenge because I didn't like the first NES Metal Gear. So Okay, so I, what I played of the original Metal Gear, or sorry, the NES Metal Gear, I keep calling it the original. The yeah. original is the MSX version. The NES uh, Metal Gear, I really enjoyed it because I like the kind of... Um, the the step outside the norm, mm. you, you know, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't Bayou Billy, it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't Kid Icarus. Now, granted, I mean, Commando, yeah, it wasn't Commando. Now, other games had used the stealth kind of idea before. I mean, just like uh, you know, speaking of Kid Icarus, in Kid Icarus, they had it where they had those Reaper things that. Oh, I hated those things. If he sees you, it sends all the mini ones to mess up your exactly. day. So you had to use a little stealth there to get by the Reaper guys. But if he saw you, all of a sudden he called the little guys, and that was a big old pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> Give it up, you're doomed. Exactly. Yeah, so it wasn't like Metal Gear was the first game to come up with the idea of stealth. It was just really the first game that came came up with using it pretty much as the main mechanic of a game. So I played Snake's Revenge years after it came out. I played Snake's Revenge when the Super Nintendo was out. And I don't know how to describe Snake's Revenge without using the words dumpster fire. Say no more, say no more. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? (laughs) Because, man, that game just... uh, It didn't feel like Metal Gear at all. Like, it it didn't feel like the first game... Like, the first... the, The Nintendo version at least felt a little like Metal Gear. Like there was a little, little touch there. Like, like I don't know, Kojima just you know uh, did a jack off and did a Spider Man into it and just kind of threw some seed on it and turned it into a NES game. At least he dragged his nuts across that. Exactly. One. Yeah, kind of like kind of like he dragged his nuts across. That's a, that's a very good analogy. Didn't necessarily have too much to do with it, but at least dragged some pubes. But Metal Gear Solid Snake's Revenge, or sorry, Metal Gear Snake's Revenge, that was just oh god. Now we know how he felt about the fir- the the Metal Gear on the NES. How do you feel about that one? I, that's one thing I've never come across as any word of how he felt about Snake's Revenge. I never found anything where he even acknowledges its existence. It was so. Did he even have anything to do with it? I'm I'm curious. Or was it just that they just made a sequel on their own, and it was just he won't even. Talk. I think it was the same company that made the original Metal Gear, or yeah, the original Metal Gear. Um, oh, that that group out of like Tokyo, yeah. that other group that they just kind of. Did their own thing. Yeah, it was a group out of Tokyo that had like six months to port it over, and wow. Yeah, it was just bad. Well, it did add some interesting things, um, like crawling mechanics. Um, there was, uh, which I don't think you could crawl in the first one, could you? No, you could not crawl in the first one. Yeah, Contra yeah. had crawling. Just yeah, yeah. saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, Contra. Yeah, I, I saw them. Uh, Contra got referenced a lot in some of my research. Uh, but yeah, like he, uh, you know, they added that, which was great. Um, you know, it was something that I think ended up actually, excuse me, getting used in uh, Metal Gear 2, the one done by Kojima. Yeah, so there was an actual Metal Gear 2 that came out. I think it was for the MX, MSX2 again, which, by the way, in case you're curious, both Nintendo installments of Metal Gear are in no way, shape, or form in canon for the Metal Gear timeline at all. Like, like it's completely, it's completely not there. Yep, they're not canon. They need a canon taken to them. Yeah, they they are completely oblivious of the um of the actual story. 
Well, in doing research, I looked up, I watched some of the MSX2 version of Metal Gear, and I realized how many differences there were between that and the Nintendo version. And I gotta say, I'm really super surprised that the Nintendo version of Metal Gear didn't halt all Metal Gear production after that. Like, I'm surprised the series survived. Yeah, it, it really is. It kind of makes me want to go out and find an MSX. It really does make me, it, the retro lover in me really wants to find the one. The best part is if you want to play the game, you can get a hold of it. I think it's on the HD collection as well, the, the Metal Gear HD yeah. collection. You can mm-hmm. play the MSX version with a decent translation uh, on a PlayStation 3. Yes. That's pretty cool. It's available in the PlayStation Store. But um, I think what really um, brought Metal Gear back to life, um, or at least kept it alive for the United States, was when it came over onto PlayStation. Despite um, Snake's Revenge and all those other ones that uh, were released by that, uh, you know, that team. By that team that was shall now, not name, like Voldemort. Yeah, now, the uh, that's what actually got me in the Metal Gear series and liking it was Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. Because, like I said, I didn't like previous, obviously the NES installments, but at home, like Cecil played a lot of Metal Gear Solid, and of course, me spending all the time I did as a kid at his house means I got to see and watch, and and that's when I really dug Metal Gear Solid, uh, the Metal Gear series. That's when I really got into it. Well, Kojima. And, and I've always said this, and he's, he's the guy's either a certified genius or a fucking certified wacko, or maybe both. I don't know. But the guy can tell a story, and, and his vision for making games is not, I'm playing a game, it's I'm partaking in a cinematic experience. And all of his games that I have cognitively can remember playing, minus... Metal Gear, which ironically he didn't have anything to do with on the NES port. But every game that I can cognitively remember playing from the guy has always been that. Well, you know there's a very fine line between genius and insanity, and you know what that fine line is? Drugs? Success. Oh. Think about it. If somebody's actually successful in their crazy endeavor, we think of them as an absolute genius. And if they fail, no, they were just mad. Well, and that's where Metal Gear Solid comes into play. Where, so... At the time, what came out around 1999, or around that era of, of, of kind of that whole scale? I mean, what games did we have? We had Crash Bandicoot, Resident Evil. Um, I thought those became like 98, I thought. Uh, Metal Gear Solid? Was it 99? I thought it was 99. Am I wrong? I can be wrong. It, it, it was 90, usually 98 or 99. Um, Hold on. Let's ask Emperor Google. So I'm all doing, hail. All hail Google. 1998. Oh, it was? Then what was in 99? All right. All right. D's right. Drink. Uh, what the hell was in 99 then? Uh, the Y2K panic? I thought, there was, I thought there was something about it released in 99. Oh, crap. All right. Yeah, I'm just wrong. Anywho. Um, but when it, when it was released and... You know, what else did we have around that that area? You know, we had Resident Evil, we had Crash Bandicoot, we had War... Uh, what the hell was that game? Warhawk. So you, you had a lot of games that were, again, just like if you go back into the NES realm, you had a lot of games that were shoot 'em up that were 
platformers. You know, so you had Crash Bandicoot, which was the analog to Super Mario Brothers. You had, you know, Warhawk and and whatnot that was analog to other shoot 'em up games, flying around shoot 'em up games, Top Gun on the NES, Silent Hill, actually ninety nine. That's another one around well, that time. But he had his hand in that, so we're gonna we're gonna skip that because that is a completely different, like that's a completely different show. I could go on for a long oh, time yeah. on Silent Hill. Well, Medal of Honor came out. Medal of Honor but came again, out that we year. We had a lot of games that are shoot 'em up action games that yep. are, are running guns, straightforward, bash your head into it. So when Metal Gear Solid came out, for me, I know that I super dug into it. One, because the game played like a movie. It, it 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 felt like a movie. the The HUD system on it was I don't want to say minimalist, but it was as as least as possible it could be up there. Um, the story it, it's probably the first game minus Final Fantasy VII that I really cared about the story at the time. I should say at the time because I mean at at that at that time coming out, Resident Evil came out. I kind of cared about that story, but really I just wanted the shit scared out of me. And yeah, it did it. Um, it certainly did. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Especially when it came up over the balcony. Oh, that was the second one that came a few years later. Bastard. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Second one. <laughs> but then, you know, the, the, the funny part is that I didn't get to play the remake of Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes. But all you would have missed out on that was better facial responses to comments and just... You know, just like tiny little things added in there. Otherwise, it was... Actually, no, wait. I take that back. There was a gameplay mechanic. So, um, Metal Gear Solid 2, they added in uh, like a first-person mode, I think it was. They added in first-person mode and a hanging. um, It's where you could hang from things. Yes, yes shimmying, stuff like that. So they added that stuff in, which you did not get in the original Metal Gear Solid game. So you got a little... It, it made you, um, to put it correct, to put it in correct terms, overpowered. I was going to say, yeah, first-person mode, and I can think of a couple boss fights where that would be, like, oh. super cheesy. I, I don't think... That was really kind of my first outside of... I don't even think Splinter Cell was out at that time. When I when I got Twin Snakes, maybe it, no no Tw- Splinter Cell would have been out by then. But I had I had very little third person shooter or third person anything really experience um, for a long time because I played a lot of first person shooters around that moment like Metroid Prime. So when I got into that, it was it was a saving grace because I was just like, uh, what do I do? How do I shoot? I mean, action sequences, like, when you set up the alarm, were still kind of challenging, but nevertheless, without that mode, I think I would have died in a lot of those. Yeah, because I can think of even that beginning part where you got to get over by that camera, being able to go into first-person mode and see from a distance where that camera was probably made that made that whole encounter insanely easy. Yeah. And you could... Um you could use it for a lot of, you know, like even like the hanging thing made getting past certain things easier or avoiding detection in certain areas. Like I remember there were times where I set off the alarm and I'd just hang there. And that saved my butt. Yeah, but I'm trying time to and time out again. where the hell hanging would have, would have really made a, a difference in that game because there really wasn't a lot of spots to hang from in the first Metal Gear. No, there weren't. But still, like, if you were clumsy and... uh 
you uh, set up the alarm too many times in certain areas and you got all those forces that came in. It came in handy, like, in I remember in the hangar room for the tank. Um, where you have where you go through before you go fight Raven. Like, it came in handy for me in, in there. Of course, I might have also just been in there screwing around and just using the infinite ammo bandana to piss off people and see how how many guards I can have come in. The infinite that was always sometimes bandana. fun. God, I love that. That was, uh, I think that was the good ending, Yeah, I believe. Yeah, if you have the good ending, it was... Uh, the canon ending, too. The can- oh, yeah. Yeah, that is the canon ending. You're correct, because Meryl survives in it versus her not now there were some really cheeky little comedy parts in that game that i absolutely like i love um one of them being the when you break remember when you uh remember when you guys get when you get abducted and you end up being in the cell and you got to break out so how did you break out um i kept throwing the bad ration Damn, now I'm getting mixed up because it's a similar thing in Snake Eater. It was either, I either kept throwing the bad ration and he eventually ran off because of the, he got sick. Or um, I think I crawled underneath the bed and used the ketchup and then crawled out and, you know, just laid still to appear wounded. So there, there was one of the comedy parts is that you could hide under the bed. And he'd look in, and he wouldn't see you. So then he'd freak out and run in. Or I think he would see you and then tell you to get out from under the bed. But if you had the ketchup, you could lay in one spot in the middle of the floor, press the ketchup button, and all of a sudden the ketchup would leak out from underneath you like you de- like you were bleeding. And he'd freak out, he'd run in, and then, of course, you'd see QC on him and, and drop him. But there was another way. If you waited long enough, Meryl would come in. And beat the crap out of the guy and steal his clothes. Now he did it. And he did it anyways. No matter how how you made it out of there, he was always naked Holy in the corner. Holy shit! Did not know. Wait, wait, wait. How did how did she do that? So I don't remember exactly how, but I remember that when you walk out, she's there dressed up as a guard, and you're like, "What?" And you look in the corner, and it's got this big blurry spot over a guy with his face down and ass up, and he's just out. And he's naked. You sure? You sure that? Because I thought that's that's how she originally got her uniform. Was you found a naked guy? I'm nine. You know what? I could be wrong. I could be thinking of it completely wrong now. Because I don't remember. You know what? If you're listening to this podcast right now, and we hope you're enjoying it so far, let us know. Well, it actually be a little bit in the future. Well, no, no. They could be listening to it right now. They might be clairvoyant. Also, yes. they could be tapping into the bug that I have in my ass. <laughs> good, once again, good thing there's no smell of vision. Uh, oh God! So, so if you know, email us at GNA podcast at GNA in your DNA dot one. Now, another funny thing that came across is if you got up into the vent really quick after the spot where you caught up with Meryl, you run up into the vent and you charge directly through that vent and you jump down, you actually catch Meryl with her pants off. Hell yes. <laughs> Which is one of those, wait a minute, what did I just do? And I did that once accidentally 
And then I looked up and went, is that a glitch in the game? Or was that supposed to happen? And I found out, of course, it's supposed to happen if you go quick enough. Yeah. I uh, I did a save. I ran through. Did not get there quick enough. And I was like, nope. Turned off the game. Went back and started all over again just to see her without her pants. Another uh, another humorous little thing. And I, you could say it's humorous. Maybe you could say it's a game mechanic. But there's a there's a guard that's walking around in that game that he's got a cold and he's coughing and he's sneezing and if you run up to him and you see qc him you actually catch his cold and later shortly later in the game you'll start coughing and sneezing and if you're hiding behind something and your character happens to cough the guard gets alerted and comes over to check it out which i thought was a funny little thing that they had oh yeah that is cool oh uh, did you guys ever use the magazine as a distraction tool? Oh, yeah. And they go, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, man. Oh, look at this. They'd set their gun down, and then they, like, l- they put their butt in the air, and they pretty much lean over the magazine, and you could just go behind them and grab them. Yep. Oh. Well, actually, one, um, a fun thing is that in the original Metal Gear both for the Nintendo version and the MSX version, so depending on which one you're, you're looking for, you actually meet up with Gray Fox. That's actually his debut in the Metal Gear series. Wait, wait, run that by me one more time. I did not so know So you that. know Gray Fox. Gray Fox the yes. cyborg. The cyborg that you fight and that fights with you in Metal Gear. Or Metal Gear Solid. Yes. He's a prisoner that you have to go release in the original Metal Gear game. Yes. I do remember that. So he's it, he, that was his first debut in the actual game was was in the original Metal Gear. He was a it was he was being held by himself. So when you get caught in a prison, you actually break into the next cell, and that's where Gray Fox is. And he's also the one that sent the transmission that got cut off, where it just said Metal Gear, and then just mm-hmm. and then he shows up again in the sequel, but this time he becomes your enemy. Oh, I think he's actually the pilot of Metal Gear in the second one. Yeah, yeah, because isn't that the Zanzibar experience, the second one? Yep, Zanzibar land. So in Metal Gear Solid, they mention Zanzibar a lot. Now, for most of us here in America, at the time that Metal Gear Solid came out, nobody had a chance to play the second game, so they had no clue what the hell was even being referenced. But... If you did do the, they, they did add in a mechanic and before you actually went into the mission, you could review, uh, a briefing and it'd be videotapes and they, they'd be asking snake, they'd be talking to snake and you'd mentioned Zanzibar land, I believe in that he one. He did. He did. He mentioned it, uh, he mentioned it there and then they mentioned it in a couple of fights during the actual game where they're talking about big boss and what happened in Zanzibar. Yeah. And that was one of the things that actually sold me on the series at the end of the day was I loved um, the stories in video games, the cinematic experiences that would come along. They were small little snippets. I'd sometimes just be content, like I'd be over at a friend's house and they'd be playing a game. And then their, the mother would walk into the room, like, you know, tell them, like, why aren't you sharing the controller? Why don't you let, sh- you know, him play? And I just, I look at them and be like, I'm actually enjoying myself. Like, I like watching this story more than I am necessarily playing this game. Yeah, I always, and so when, I always thought that was when weird. When this came out, like, where I'd be playing a game and I'd, I'd feel bad that somebody was hanging out and watching, like with D, and I'd be like, hey, dude, you want to play? And D would say something along the same lines or, or, or Zyber. 
or somebody or, or my, my brother Joe would, would say something along the same lines of, no, 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 this is this is cool. Keep going. You're good. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, we were entertained. Yeah, like, are you are you sure? Because, you know, you, you can. Yeah. And, and then you could, um, I know you can do it in Twin Snakes. I don't know if you can do it in the original version. You could go back and watch uh, the movie. Yes. Like you had, you could just watch either individual cutscenes or you could have it string together as a movie and sit back and watch this. I think it was like two or three hours worth of cutscenes, I want to say. It's like six hours with the transmissions. Yeah. The only reason I know that. Was it? Damn. Oh, the transmissions. The only reason I know that is because I enjoyed that game so much. And then I said to my, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but she's my wife now, Lex. I said, hey, you got to check this out. This is really good. They've got a movie version where you can just sit down and watch it. And she, I, I somehow convinced her to say yes. Now, granted, Lex does not like video games whatsoever. I mean, the games on her phone are about the equivalent as far as she'll go. And then some Professor Layton games. And that's probably about it. So you're surprised in both accounts. Yes, that she agreed to that. And also, yes, that she married you later on after that. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was a super surprising part. But we actually sat down and we watched the entirety of it. And about hour three and a half, I looked at her and I said, I didn't know it was going to take this long. I said, and I think I said at that point, we can stop. And she said, no, no, it's okay. And I went, okay. It was literally an entire Saturday that we sat down and watched this. But it's exactly what you said. You could watch through the entirety of it and literally get the entire game in a movie, basically. Man, there was another, there was another uh, comedic thing. That was in Metal Gear, and I had it on the tip of my tongue a second ago, and I completely forgot it now. Oh, balls. Well, anyways, so Metal Gear Solid introduced a, a, a bunch of different mechanics that weren't, of course, in the previous games. Um, the game was solely developed on, on the stealth part, but there was cool little mechanics like crawling through vents, I don't think was in the first one, first one or second game. Um, where you could crawl through vents, look down through the vent, and see what was going on. Um, what about hiding in the box? Oh yeah. Well, they had hiding in the box. Oh, that was the other thing that was comedic. That just that. that thank you, thank you, thank you. So, did <laughs> you guys? You guys remember Sniper Wolf, right? Yes. Did yes. you guys ever wear the box when the puppy was around? No. So mm, there was a li- there was a little thing in that game where if you had Sniper Wolf's handkerchief. The puppy would come up to you and it would, it would like you because, you know, you smell like sniper wolf. Well, if you immediately put on the cardboard box, the puppy would get confused and realize, oh, wait a minute, you're not sniper wolf anymore. And it would piss on the box. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, then anytime that you went through that area, <laughs> if funny. you threw the box on, the wolves would smell puppy pee and they wouldn't bother you. Oh, wait, wait. Wasn't the handkerchief also supposed to do the same thing? Maybe I don't. I don't remember the handkerchief keeping off the big wolves. I remember it attracting this puppy. I don't remember keeping the big wolves uh, away though. Okay. But I, re- I I distinctly remember go- that puppy peeing on you, and or maybe you didn't have to have maybe you didn't have to have sniper wolf's handkerchief. Maybe that was maybe you're right. Maybe sniper wolf's handkerchief kept the dogs away from you. But a way to trick that was when the puppy was around, it would come up. It would come up and run up to you, and then you immediately put on the box, and it would get confused and pee on the box and that's how you got through it without the handkerchief maybe that was it i'm gonna go with that that sounds much better yeah what was the puppy's name r kelly oh god i want to pee on you trip 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 
trip, trip, trip. Oh, but, but um, Metal Gear Solid also had, which we kind of touched on a second ago, had multiple endings, depending on what happened. Um, mm-hmm. An ending where Meryl survived, an ending where Meryl died. Um, and, of course, what Blue Shark already did earlier was the, the classic yelling snake. Yeah. Which I think I'm going to make my ringtone uh, for the next week or two. Oh, there was a... I had a co-worker, and I, this is what... I know, I... I already knew that he was a big nerd and stuff because he he would wear t-shirts on Fridays that had under it like a button-up shirt and you could see kind of like the top of them. There were like Marvel characters and he had like all these things going on there. And one day I'm sitting there and I'm working and all of a sudden I hear the codec go off and I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, that was weird. And then I heard it go off a second day and I was just like, holy shit, dude, is that you, the codec? And he's like, yeah, man. I was like, oh, shit. I, that's the best thing to have for a ringtone in my opinion is the Kodak I may have to have that instead you know what I'm going to change it up to be my ringtone and I'll do the uh, I'll do the three snake one when I get like a pick message or something that way I'll know or no you know what I got it when my boss calls I'll make that snake that'll be easy there you go oh but, but Metal Gear Solid uh, I, I don't you know I'm trying to think back to Metal Gear about what I watched of it. I don't think there was any real major twist in the original Metal Gear for the MSX or, or Nintendo version. I don't really think there was a twist kind of like what they did in Metal Gear Solid and moving forward. Was there? Am I wrong? Um, I want to say no. It's been a while. Because I can remember distinctly, and, and spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear this, you might want to flick off for the next 10 minutes. But in... Solid in uh, Metal Gear Solid, it turns out that you're chasing down Liquid Snake, who is a clone of Big Boss, just like you are a clone of Big Boss. And it turns out yep. that, you know, Gray Fox is the cyborg that was from Zanzibar, who was working on Big, Bo- Big Boss's side. And you fight Gray Fox throughout the entirety of the game until the very end, when all of a sudden he's really on your side because he doesn't want Metal Gear to make it out either and metal gear solid i think that was the original that was the they had a hind d fight in that yes yes they did because i remember that fight because i remembered watching my brother do the hind d fight no was it no where was the hind d fight in metal gear uh, was that in the nintendo version of metal gear or was no that was in the msx version no 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 no, it was only in the MSX okay. version. The, they replaced that with, like, I think two guys on machine guns. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I definitely think you're right. Okay. So I was trying to remember what, because I, I remember doing that Hind D fight and thinking to myself, this is great. Why haven't we had more like this? And looking back, after seeing some of the MSX version, I think that Hind D fight in the solid Metal Gear Solid was probably what, Kojima envisioned for the MSX version just never got to it. There was a lot of things that he envisioned for that game uh, that he, he just couldn't do, such as that and the cinematics. Like he wanted to tell you a story in uh, in the form of a movie, and he could not. He really couldn't do it. He was kind of limited with the uh, you know with Kodak you know stuff and. Um, you know, what little, you know, text-based conversations you could have. Yeah. 
But with what he did with it, from what I've seen of the MSX version, which I still have to go back and, and get through the whole thing of it, he did a pretty decent job of, of portraying his story that he wanted to. You must really dig current gen technology because now you can have the cinematic experience you envision. Dude, it's, it's just oh, like he... movies nowadays. I mean, yeah. Th- think of, oh, think yeah. of Jurassic Park, the movie, compared to Jurassic Park, the book. They are two completely different, like, they're not even in the same world. But now, pretty much, you can make, like, if you wanted to, you could go back and make the actual Jurassic Park movie or book into an actual movie the exact way that the book was versus where they got to cut corners and rewrite and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he kind of overdid it with Guns of the Patriots. There was a lot more cutscene action than there was um, actual, like, gameplay. Um, but when he did Phantom Pain, he had more balance to it. He still had, it still, you know, it was heavy with cutscenes. So if you're a person who's not a fan of cutscenes, then you wouldn't like it. But at the end of the day, he balanced it out. So it wasn't too much of one or the other. But Metal Gear Solid, I think, had a, a, a perfect amount of here's cutscene to here's action of what you're doing. Because it wasn't that much, it wasn't enough to make it annoying where you're like, oh crap, there's something going on. But there was enough to be like, oh hey, I got a little story. I don't have to. I don't have to fight right now. Okay, great. Yeah, I think they had a really good good balance of that in that uh, Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. I think that I think you're absolutely hit the nail on the head. Okay, so he- I think that's the right balance. Here's for me. the question for you: Your first ending for Metal Gear Solid. Did you get the good ending or the bad ending? Good, bad one. I. I would, I'm one of those people that will like start to like immerse myself in the game. And I failed the torture scene a lot just to get that. Cause they're like, if I screwed up that he was going to go after her and I didn't want him to go after Meryl. Yeah. My, my first one, I, uh, I'm pretty sure I got the crappy ending. I got the bad ending. But I thought it was if you screwed up in the torture scene, they went and killed Meryl. And if you you made it all the way through the torture scene, they didn't. Yes. If if you if you gave up during the torture scene, it's not if you died. It's just if you gave up, that's when he would go after um, Meryl. Otherwise, if you survived the torture scenes, then you were good. Yeah, I think I gave up and he killed Meryl. And I'm like, oh, crap. So that I had to go through and play it. Now, it wasn't, granted, this wasn't anywhere near as bad as the Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 debacle I did, where I made it all the way to the almost the, the very end of Mass Effect 3 and then said, oh, no, that's not happening. I went back and played all of Mass Effect 2 so I could get the save file to complete Mass Effect 3 the way I wanted it to. So it wasn't like it was that bad of a debacle. I just went back and replayed for my save. The one downside of how they do games where you can grab your save files from previous in the series. The Mass Effect debacle. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm just calling that the Mass Effect debacle because I was so pissed. I was like, there's no way I'm committing genocide. No friggin' way. Yeah. I, th- I hopefully... find that's kind of a common thing with main games. Genocide? <laughs> yeah. Whether it be Mass Effect, whether it be uh, Overlord and getting rid of the elf race, you know. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I still haven't finished uh, Mass Effect uh, 3. Um, hopefully, Gravy Kingpin, if you're listening, um, I hope you, fully, you can forgive me for not having the time to finish it. Uh, but hopefully, 
I picked the right things because they if you didn't have the save file for Mass Effect 2 which I didn't I don't have I hopefully picked the right things oh well I hope you don't have to commit genocide at the very very end of the damn game like I had to or let me rephrase Uh, as I stopped when I realized what was happening and said F that and went and replayed the whole fucking Mass Effect 2 game yeah no rage there either uh, yeah but uh, yeah getting back on to Metal Gear um that torture sequence was definitely something that I made sure that I got right. Even though, even though I messed it up, I like I died a few times. I still, I, which I hated how far you had to go back. Mm. I think you had to go all the way back to getting captured. Cutscene. I God, I remember that now. Oh God, I think I did that like three times. It's just like, oh, where's the skip button? Like the first time, this was cool, but the third time, I'm just like, fucking a. Yeah, when you try skip. to go back through and you can't skip, you're going, oh dear Lord, help me. It drove me crazy. But um, I think he added that. I think that got added in later. What, the driving you crazy part? No, um, the, uh, the skip button. I think I got added into Guns of the Patriots. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. Well, also, what was um, what was the thing that ended up killing Liquid Snake at the end? Why am I blanking? Because you fight him, but you don't actually kill him. You get caught under something. Fox. Die. Ah, Fox died. The same thing that killed the president too, right? Um, or the president, the, the whoever that. Yeah, the president of Arms yeah. Tech. Yes, it is. And Fox die was still in his system. Well, all the way through all the rest of the Metal Gears. Well, I mean, not three because he was. Big yes. I I don't think it was touched on at all. Yeah. Did, and, did they, um, yeah, did they talk about Fox die at all in Metal Gear Solid Three? Well, Metal Gear Solid Three was snaky. I know, but I mean, even even beforehand, did they talk about it? Because I mean, they, they could have been conceiving Fox Die at any point in time. Um, I'm not entirely certain. You know what? We'll have to do an episode on the rest of the Metal Gear Solids, and we'll have to do some research on that and see if we can find that. Or hey, if yeah. you know, just like good old Blue Shark said over there, give us an email, please. We'd love to get an email from someone. Yeah, I'm actually starting to think I'm just going to ask my mom to email us just so we have somebody, you know, human being emailing us. Well, on that note, D, where can people find you at, man? They can find me at microbrewgamers with a Z instead of an S dot com, my website. They can find me at microbrewgamers with a Z instead of an S at YouTube. Of course, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and of course, my own Discord and Haunting, both GNA Discord and Yeah Dude Gamers. Rock on. Blue Shark, where can people find you at? You can find me uh, on Twitter, uh, at BlueShark45. You can also find me on uh, our Discord. And you can hopefully find me in the near future because, uh, my God, we got to do stuff for Extra Life. Um, Streaming on uh, Mixer.com slash BlueShark45. Rock on. And I am Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on, oh, geez, uh, Cecil versus Games on Twitter. Um, you can find me, Jesus, ever, everywhere else you can possibly find me. You can find me on the GNA podcast, uh, Discord, Yeah, Do Gamers Discord, TPC's Discord, everybody under the sun's Discord. If, if I'm not there, let me know. I'll bounce over there too. And Senscape, man, I've been reading the hell out of the Senscapes. Um, 
Facebook, Twitch, Mixer, all those other fun places. Anywho, we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or, or uh, Spreaker. Um, reviews on iTunes or Spreaker help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, help other people find the show and let them know about it. You can find us on Android with Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, MyTuner, Your Listen, wherever the hell else you want to find us. If we're not there, let us know. We'll upload there. Except for Spotify. Suck a nut. You can follow us on Twitter at GNA Podcast. Just search for at GNA Podcast, all one word, or join us in our Discord chat. You can see the pinned tweet for that Discord link. Facebook, we're also on Facebook. Just search at GNA Podcast. Again, all one word. We've started playing and hosting guests in our streaming feeds on www.twitch.tv forward slash GNA Podcast and Mixer at www.mixer.com forward slash GNA Podcast. That's also where we do any of our little events like we did Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. Uh, we played that through all of our gaming casts as well as our game show nights, which are the first weekend of every single month. We do Jackbox games and whoever gets first, second or third place gets a Steam code prize. So join us for that. We've also, where we get all of our Steam codes from, is right from Humble Bundle. Uh, we partner with Humble Bundle. Uh, why don't you tell us about Humble Bundle, Blue Shark? Why me? Why not D? Why, why, why the fuck am I having to talk about this? Because I saw you not looking at the screen and I can't see D because this camera's not working? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like Salt Snake, all stealthy up in here. Uh, I always do a horrible job of this. All right, Humble Bundle. You, you can buy games from there. Um, you can uh, choose who, how, where the money goes to to support either a charity or the uh, actual like developer of the game. Um, there's also this cool feature where when you Go to Humble Bundle, any link that they give you, anything whatsoever. It's uh, partner equals question mark GNA podcast. Question mark partner equals GNA podcast. Exactly what he said. Um, you can uh, you can put that in at any link you get and um, all of the games or anything that you buy on Humble Bundle with that added to the end of their link will actually... Um, show up as uh, that you you know found them through our podcast and we'll get a portion not us technically a portion of your pro of what you pay will get donated directly to um, Extra Life Charity Extra Life is who we're sponsoring yes so the Extra Life Charity will get a portion of those funds for used to purchase your game and that's great because you're helping out sick kids get better and who doesn't want to help out sick kids to get better? So a little quick, a little quick addition to that: when you go to buy something and you put that question mark equals GNA podcast at the end, there's a slider bar that you can find down at the bottom. And at that slider bar, that'll tell you what you want to give, who you want to give it to. You can give it to Humble Bundle, to the developers, to charity, and then there'll be a slider bar for GNA podcast. Slide that bad bitch all the way down to zero. We don't want you to give anything to us. Just tag us and let them know that we sent you there. That's all we ask. We don't want you to give any bones towards us. Give it all to charity or the developers. They really, you know, it's their game too. They deserve bones just as well as everybody else. Currently, as of this month, as of July, we have made $2.92 for charity. Hey, it's not that much, but every every penny counts, right? So that's $2.92 they didn't have before. 
Get your asses on our Steam sales. <laughs> yeah, so anything that you see on Steam on sale, double check on Humble Bundle because you can get it there uh, oftentimes for the same price. But when you, whatever you're paying in, keep in mind that part of that is going to charity. So there's a kind of a cool little thing. I've started everything that I buy on Steam now. I check Humble Bundle first just to see if it's there on sale because usually it is. If it's on sale on Steam, it's on sale on Humble Bundle. Just I do it that way just to throw some bones over to charity. We're a proud member of the Ninja Pancake community. Check out our good friends of uh, Caleb and Blue Shark. Help me. My brain's melting. Alex. Alex. God damn it, Alex. I'm sorry. Not goddamn Alex, <laughs> but goddamn Alex. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we're on Geek Squatch. Goddamn Alex, comma. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, that comma is important. <laughs> we're using the Oxford comma. That's going to be his new gamer handle. Goddamn Alex. <laughs> or we'll use the Kirk comma. God comma damn comma alex comma <laughs> i'm comma sorry comma comma the kirk comma exclamation point <laughs> check out proxy fox over on yeah dude gamer i think he's got a few podcasts going over there and honestly i can't name them all off the top of my head i know he's got av underground um he's got the yeah dude gamers that's he's got that as a podcast too right Thought so. Thought that's what he called it. Thought so too. Anyways, he's got a few of them over there. Go check out Proxy Fox. Cool guy. Been on the show. Hope to come back on soon. We also want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new logo and artwork. Check him out at morganbs.com. Email us at GNA Podcast at. Oh, God, no. Uh, at GNA and your DNA. Dot one with questions, comments, death threats, anything. Email us posing to be my mom. I don't care. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Last but not least, check out our website at www.gnapodcast.com. Uh, you can also find it at www.thegnapodcast or GNA Podcast or GNA in your DNA.one, all sorts of fun stuff. But anyways, www.gnapodcast.com. We got pictures going up. We've got all of our feed there on our main page. So if you miss a, an episode or you're having trouble finding it, you can download it directly right there. And that's about all I got. Well, thank you, guys. I had fun on this one. I had fun researching this one, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, same yeah. here. That was um, that was a lot of uh, cool little facts to find out. Like, I didn't even remember Snake's Revenge when I first read through. Like, after playing Twin Snakes, I got a, an itch to read through like a Wikipedia article on Metal Gear, and I completely forgot about that that crapshoot of a game. Yeah, I, I honestly. I knew of the MSX version, but I honestly thought that the MSX version was identical to the NES version. I really did. Because I never got a chance to play it on the on Metal Gear on Snake Gear Subsistence. I still have an urge to try to get an MSX. Because yeah. <laughs> I collect retro, so I still have an urge. I'm like, that's something I don't have. Well, have a great night, guys. You too. Night all. Night and night. Snake? Snake? Snake!